Welcome to a special edition of What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. In this episode, recorded at our 2019 Global Summit in Hong Kong, you'll hear Guy Dodal and David Hickey discuss the challenges and skills involved in choosing sustainable locations across the globe. So today we're going to talk about how clients choose sustainable locations around the world, particularly in such a fast-paced and dynamic environment. We're going to look at a few pointers around that. So what are the challenges that businesses are facing today? What skills are in demand? And is that mantra of location, location still valid? So on those facts then, Guy, what would you say today, what are those biggest challenges businesses are facing? Well, interesting, coming out of the World Economic Forum in Davos back in January, uh, the majority of CEOs were saying that the uh, challenge of AI and robotics will actually create more jobs than they will eliminate. So that fear factor that a lot of people are worried about isn't as bad as they could think. They also believe that technology is moving faster than the skills. So there's going to be a real emphasis on finding locations where you have the educated people and the reskilling of the people in the workforce. So one of the big challenges for clients today is when they're trying to uh, find places to put their best people, they tend to go to the knee-jerk reaction of where have I got an empty property or where do I have empty seats? When they should really be looking is where's the best talent? Particularly when you consider that 80% of the cost of a business is in labor and only 10% in real estate. Yes, that's fascinating. So, and coming back to, so where is the best talent available? How do the companies determine these? At the end of it, what are those skills that are most in demand? So, uh, probably best to quote a uh, gentleman, he's CEO of, of Fujitsu in the UK, Duncan Tate. So he say that uh, whilst we still need the science, technology, mass and engineering skills, but what we also need is creative people and people who can actually deal with other human beings. So they're looking at the soft skills, those people who are good at communication and who, who have good human interaction skills good at interacting with, uh, with other people. And those people typically have social science background. Uh, that could be in geography, history, psychology. And so it's definitely true. And then when you look at these soft skills, it's not as it may have been once before where you had an industry competing with one another. But is it true to say that industries are really across the board competing with talent? So pharma and tech are both looking for people with social sciences backgrounds looking with people with IT backgrounds. Is that true? Yeah, so they're looking at um, the... Cut second. The, uh, typically, if you had an IT background, you might have gone into technology or financial services. Um, those skills are now in demand right across pretty much every industry, whether you're in pharmaceutical, whether you're in uh, legal or real estate, or you're in shipping. Um, people need those uh, people who can manage the data and can interrogate the data. But it, more importantly, it's also how to use that data because there are trillions of bytes of data coming up, like, almost like a fire hose at people almost every day. Uh, and I think this uh, is creating 
this war for talent, which isn't new. It's been around for quite some time. But what we're seeing is what I call the perfect storm. We've got three factors coming in. One, we're in an era of full employment. Secondly, we've got those in-demand skills where there are huge shortages. Um, and thirdly, we've got shifting in demographics around the world and the, the overall composition of the workforce is changing. So if you turn it to each of those um, with this era of low unemployment, um, pretty much across the majority of the world, uh, particularly when you look at Asia, um, UK, Northern Central Europe, uh, large parts of Central Africa, North America, Russia, they're pretty much all at full employment, which means less than 5% unemployment. But there are big exceptions to that, where you've got countries like Brazil, South Africa, where unemployment's over 25%, and then the Mediterranean, Spanish countries, uh, Mediterranean and countries like Spain, which have unemployment over 15%, and Greece, I think, is up to 19%, but with huge youth unemployment as well. Yeah, and it's really interesting in mentioning APAC, and obviously a Asia Pacific region overall is you know a number of, of markets that are very different from one another, and including looking at that employment and employment trends. You know, one thing that's really fascinating is is looking at East Asia, where actually some of the employment is is slowing down significantly. A lot of that is because of an aging population. While in Southeast Asia, you have incredible explosion of population and employment. And really being able to capture that labor is, is and those skills as part of the future and what we really see is corporate real estate leaders need to get a grasp on, get an idea, and understand. So a lot of these things, and, and when people look at labor, I know it's today, but really we need to be looking for tomorrow, being able to capture that data, capture that understanding, and put it all as part of the, the business plan going forward. So we, we keep hearing about shortage of, shortage of key skills that are in the markets. Um, Guy, what, what are some of those sectors and you know, that corporate leaders, say, real estate leaders and Cornet here today are facing? So it's right across the board. So um, there's obviously a huge increase in online retailing. So that's creating a huge demand for uh, more warehousing. Uh, but right at a point in time when there are shortages, particularly um, in the UK where I'm from, um, we're seeing a lot of Eastern Europeans going back home um, with Brexit looming, um, but also there are massive shortages of lorry drivers right across Europe um, and in North America. Um, healthcare workers, hugely in short supply, um, but, and that's down to a couple of factors. One, we've got an increasing aging population, which we'll be talking about, but also increasing sophistication in medicine um, and improvements in that. And then, as we talked about earlier, you've got the code writers and data scientists um, who can go into pretty much any uh, industry that they were able to before. And then you overlay on that the changing composition of the workforce. Um, and, you know, there's a lot talked about the five generations of the workforce coming in. Um, well, and the majority of those will be millennials or Gen Y, as, as they're called. Um, as baby boomers retire in their millions. But there are a lot of myths talked about those. Um, you know, I'd like to debunk one of those. Research actually shows that um, the millennials or the so-called snowflake generation aren't the job hoppers that a lot of people imagine. Yes, there is a, a movement around there, but research shows that over the last 15 years, 
they're just as likely to remain with the same employer as the previous generation, i.e. Gen X, was doing at the same age. So it's more about the age range than the generational differences. But those generational shifts vary hugely around the world. Um, and that's down to a number of factors, but particularly around differing in fertility, or it's called the f replacement rate. Now, a replacement rate is how do you keep a broadly stable population, uh, which is 2.1 children per woman, um, and that would allow you to, to have that stable population. But we see the world's almost divided into three areas. One, we've got an, a, a, um, areas of the world where they've got massive uh, growth, particularly in the younger generations. So that's in India, Indonesia, Mexico, Philippines. Um, and they all have challenges. How do you find jobs for those? Then you've got uh, the second sort of level, which is those countries which have got an aging but relatively balanced um, workforce and, and, and population. That's France, U US, UK, Australia. Um, well, what does that mean? Well, in the, a good example in the UK, the government did a survey um, a couple of years ago, and they predicted over the next 10 years, with the aging population and new jobs being created, there will be about 13, 13 and a half million jobs that will need to be fulfilled. Now, that's a bit of estimation. Uh, but the one fact you can't get away from is that there are only 7 million uh, children leaving school and universities during that time to enter the job market. So something needs to be done to counteract. So you need to have markets, so you need to have favorable Im immigration, you need to have good education, and you need to allow for automation policies and investments in those. And then the third uh, grouping are the rapidly aging uh, countries. That includes Germany, Japan, Romania, and the Mediterranean countries like Spain and Italy. And they're gonna require much more significant investments and much uh, bigger and radical approaches. So going forward then, looking at challenges such as aging or, or even young exploding populations and being able to keep up, you have changes in cost of living, expectations, labor costs affecting business across the board. How can countries you know, ensure a continued economic prosperity going into the future? Well, I mean, and that's the key, because uh, if you're a business, then you need to go somewhere which is going to be economically viable. Um, so the population and the workforce are uh, factors towards that. So number one, you need to have a, an attractive market to compete for those footloose migrants, uh, both the skilled and the unskilled. So people who can wear, work in the warehouses, as well as people who are going to be the, the future data scientists um, in, in your organization. And not surprisingly, North America, Australia, Europe do well as in the uh, immigration migration uh, balance. But even across Europe, it varies. UK tends to be the most popular location for migration uh, despite Brexit, but that might all change. Um, but across the different um, uh, countries around Europe, uh, the attractiveness from a migration point of view, you need to bear in mind cost of living, 
uh, a, the, the work-life balance, the culture, the language, the time zone. All those things are taken into account when people are choosing where to live, um, and particularly where there are established markets. Um, and that's where the markets like uh, Paris and London come out on top because of the size of the markets they already have. Whereas uh, countries um, like Germany and Spain, which have much smaller cities, uh, will find it difficult to compete for those. Secondly, you need improving educational uh, levels, um, particularly in the tertiary, which is the college and uh, university education. And those people are the people who are going to drive your productivity enhancements. Thirdly, you need increasing use of AI and robotics, uh, and that will help supplement those declining populations. But there's definitely also a case for reskilling um, and keeping uh, the aging population, the retirees in the workplace, um, and also bringing back stay-at-home mums and dads uh, to help you achieve that economic growth. And from a real estate point of view, you need to take into account that these people do not want to commute for a long time. Uh, they probably want to work flexibly. So they will be probably be looking to an element of home working, but also working out in the smaller towns and cities, um, but also uh, in business parks as well. So there's going to be an increasing move towards the urban environment for the younger generations, where they want that live, work and play. But then there is the older workforce. Uh, maybe uh, they want a bigger house. They maybe get to the stage they want to have children. And they're going to also going to be choosing where to, where to live um, and work in, in the future. Uh, and another case for the economic prosperity, and really sort of the, our final point around this, is, is that increasing share of the service sector. So if you looked across mature and developed economies, the service sector over the last 10, 20 years has increased from 70 to 80%, so a significant part of the economy. But even the developing economies are seeing massive increase in that, and they're now up to about 50%. So there's still some gap to go between the 50 to the 80% between developing and, and developed. Um, and the question is, will they want to get up to that level? And if they do, who's going to do the manufacturing of the future? Yeah, so going forward, I mean, these are all fascinating in ways that economies are going to continue to have to evolve, develop, you know, to, to address those skill shortages, the population changes of the future. But how, do, how can corporate real estate leaders really gather this, all this information, understand it, and you know, help improve their portfolios, their future, you know, and really ultimately for their customers? Well, I think... Today, actually, the benefit for them is there is the data available to that. It's making sense of that data um, and looking out forward, you know, pred making predictions. Where are those sustainable locations based on those changing dynamics of the aging workforce, the makeup of the workforce, the skills required? Um, and it's having that information at your fingertips. So, so remember, you know, labor is 80% of the cost and real estate is only 10%. So... The, the tail shouldn't be wagging the dog. Very good. Very good. Well, I appreciate everyone for uh, joining and listening today. Uh, Dave, looking forward to the Cornet event. Again, this is David Hickey with Hickey Associates. And Guy Dirtle. Thank you. Thank you. This concludes this episode of What's Next. 
Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.